It's good to see everyone here tonight. I love Sunday Night Church with all of our locations coming together. It's so much better when we're together. So you can grab your seats. Um, Excited to be here tonight with you guys. My name is Rachel, if we've not met before, um, mostly here at our Warner location. So if you usually at Morayfield or Redcliffe, maybe we haven't met before, but it's nice to see you here. Um, Do you guys mind if we just jump right in tonight? Um, The title of my message tonight is called Under Renovation. And I just wanna pray before we jump into the message. So close your eyes and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just thank You uh, for this night that we're gathered together in Your house here to worship You and learn from You and grow in Your Word and our knowledge and understanding of who You are. And God, we just love You so much and we're thankful that You don't want us to stay the same, but You want us to grow and You've given us everything that we need for the life that You've designed for us. And so we just pray tonight that our hearts would be soft, ready to receive whatever it is that You wanna say to us. But our ears are open, listening to You and Your voice tonight. We love You, we give You all the praise and the glory and the honour for all that You have done and all that You're doing in us. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. Well, I, I am not, a bit, not that much of a green thumb. Um, through my life, I've tried many a time to grow plants, to keep them alive, to whether it's from like a seed to a plant, which is so funny because we're talking about seeds and fruit and all of that stuff this year. That's not me. I really wish that I could be that person, but I have never been a plant person. I have tried and killed them all. I was like, do I share this or not? Because I feel like this is really bad. But do you know how in Vision Sunday this year, we gave everyone those strawberry plants? I've seen so many pictures of people's like, with all the strawberries on and mine was long gone. <laughs> mine, mine, it's not good. <laughs> I was like, I should try really hard at making this plant grow because it's, you know, it's the vision for the year and everyone's doing it together. But I just, I can't. I'm not that good at keeping them alive. But last year, before, right before my birthday, we just moved into our new house and, and I was determined that when we moved into our house that something would change and I would become a plant person because I feel like plants make your house nicer. We have green trees everywhere. I thought it would make it nicer. So I was like, this is a fresh start, a new house. I, something is gonna change. I am going to be a plant person. So my lovely parents-in-law got me a dwarf lemon and a dwarf lime tree, I think. The lime tree is still in progress. I got, I wanna talk about the lemon tree. So I got this dwarf lemon tree. So they're not like giant ones, they like fit in a pot. And they got me one for my birthday and I was so excited because we had just moved into our new house and I was like, this is it. This is my chance to grow lemons. I was like, I can do this. I'm a changed person. I am a plant person now. So I was so determined to see this grow from a small plant into a tree that was actually going to produce fruit. I did everything. I have been so diligent and intentional with this plant, with this tree. I was so determined. I can't even express to you how much. I was like, I'm doing whatever it takes to see the lemons from this plant. I gave it water. I've been watering it like every few days when the mulch soil gets dry. I'm like, oh, time to get out and water it. I go water out at the right time of day. Uh, Tracy Harmer recommended this like seed fertilizer to me and she's like, it's the best one out there. So I went and got it and I put calendar notes in my calendar every six weeks because it said every six weeks you have to fertilize the tree. And I was giving it sunlight and when it was getting too much and it was too hot in summer, I was moving it into the shade. I was doing 
doing everything because this plant was not gonna die. I was so committed. And I watched as these little white flowers appeared on the tree. I didn't even know that lemon trees got flowers and they smell really, really nice. So I started seeing the flowers and I was like, success, I have done it. I was like, it's a step closer to seeing fruit. So I'm watching these flowers grow. I'm like, this is so beautiful. Then the flowers die and I was like, oh no, this is... This is going backwards. This is not where I want to go. This is not where I want to go. Then I started to notice these tiny little buds of lemon, like lemons. They look like smaller than your pinky fingernail. So small. And I was like, this is, I've done it. I was like, this is a lemon. I was like, it's this small and it's green, but it's a lemon. I was like, did I get it confused? I was like, is this the lime one? Is this the lemon? I don't know. I put the lemon one in a yellow pot so that I'd know the difference. Um, I watched these little tiny lemons appear and I was like, okay, all right. I'm like halfway through the process. I'm almost there. And over like the next few months, over this year, I've watched it grow. I've watched the height of the plant grow. The, the trunk of the tree, even though it's like quite small, has like gotten stronger. I've noticed the little like lime buds, lemon buds were like now growing into like full-sized lemons. They, were, they look like limes because they're, they take time to change their color. And then eventually I started seeing the color change on the lemons and they started turning yellow. And I was like, I've done it. I have kept one plant alive, <laughs> one plant. It gets better, it gets better. I would just like to inform everyone that I have successfully grown a lemon tree. I have uh, harvested three lemons so far. I have used two of the three lemons. And then that's when I realized that having a dwarf lemon tree doesn't really make a lot of sense because you spend like, it's almost been 12 months of me growing the lemon tree for three lemons. Now I've used all the lemons <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now I've got to wait another 12 months before I can get more. But they were so nice and they were fresh. I had, they were, it was great. So I successful in growing a lemon tree for now. And I was thinking a lot about this process because it was a long process and it took so much investment and commitment to grow the lemon tree. I realised it's not an overnight process. It takes a long time from a, a plant to go from a plant to a tree that produces fruit. You know, growth takes time. Growth takes investment, not just for a plant or for a little tree or something that we find in nature, but for us as well. Growth takes all of these things. Spiritual growth takes all of these things. Time, patience, investment, commitment. If we're gonna grow, it's a process. You know, as we find ourselves over halfway through this year, which still my brain can't comprehend, I really believe that God wants to remind us that He is growing us that we're in a process of growth, that He doesn't want us to stay stagnant in the same place. He has actually got a process of growth that we're walking on right now. And even in preparation of this message, I just really felt that maybe there would be a few people in the room who maybe this year you have felt the growing pains. You know, when you're a kid or a teenager and you're about to go through this big growth spurt and you start getting achy legs. I used to get achy shins and I couldn't explain the pain. It was just like a dull ache in my limbs. And that's the growing pain. That's the pain that happens right before a big growth spurt happens in a child in, in your body. 
Maybe this year you felt that growing pains. You feel like you've been stretched, your capacity is being increased and it's painful. I just wanna encourage you that that is what happens when you go through growth. And as your spiritual muscles and bones start to develop and grow, it's actually because God is taking you somewhere better than you've been before. You're growing into more than you've been before. And even though right now it might be painful, we all understand that that's part of the process. It's normal. It's part of the process of growth. You are gonna make it to the other side. You are gonna grow. And I just wanted to encourage those in the room right now. I feel like that was uh, for something that God had gave me for us tonight, if you are in that place. You know, God wants us to grow. He wants us to be better than we are right now. And He is so intentional about every step of the process. Now, I was so intentional about every step of the process of making sure that my lemon tree produced fruit. And in the same way, God is so intentional about every single step in the process He has for our spiritual growth. And He knows exactly what you need every step of the way. He knows when to prune. He knows when you need sunlight, when you need shade. He knows when to remove the weeds. He is so invested in you bearing fruit in your life. You know, in the Bible, in Ephesians 3, there's a little passage of Scripture that specifically in the New Living Translation, it's entitled Prayer for Spiritual Growth. And I had been reading through Ephesians and I came across this passage and it's a little section at the end and it, to me, it kind of listed a few things about the process of spiritual growth. And I believe it gives us some keys. You know, the whole book of Ephesians is centered around the church being a signpost of the hope and reconciliation that's found in Jesus. And the church is created to display unity between God and man, but also amongst us between male and female, between young and old, between all the cultures and nations that we find even in this church. If the church is meant to be a sign of God's power at work in the world, then it must be first at work in us, the people of God. And as you read this letter and as I read this letter, I can see that for the church to be a sign and a display to the world around us as it should be, that we as individuals must continually be transformed into the likeness of Christ and living out our new nature that we've received in Jesus. And as we live this new life that we have been given the ability to live because of Jesus Christ, then the, the more that we live this new life by the power of the Holy Spirit, the more that the church is gonna shine brightly as a display of the power of God at work. You know, Jesus is the one that we are to imitate. Jesus is the one that we should look like. The more that we live and look like Jesus, the more that the world outside is going to see the power of God at work. You know, the writer of Ephesians urges us to grow up in every way into Him who is the head is Christ Jesus. The more that we grow, the more that we should look like Jesus. God desires our growth. God desires you to be transformed, to be spiritually mature, so that you are a great representation of Jesus to the world outside of the church. You know, tonight I just wanna microscope in a bit on one verse that really stuck out to me when I read this passage of kind of steps for spiritual growth, I guess you could call it. It gave me this whole picture and that's where I wanna bring this message to tonight. It's in Ephesians 3 verse 17. It says, Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. 
Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Christ will make His home in your heart. You know, there's a difference, a big difference between making a home and renting a home. Uh, We have experienced this firsthand. Uh, When Che and I first got married, our first house was a rental in the lovely suburb of Kalanga. Um, And it was not not like a good area. It was like way down some back streets in some like dark hole of the back of Kalanga. (laughs) Not that nice. Uh, Anyway, it was a duplex and we had like us living upstairs and there was another like random couple living downstairs. It was a weird situation that was happening in that house. It was some really strange encounters. Anyway, we, that's where we were living for the first year and a half that we were married. And there was a lot of things about this rental that I would change if I was not renting. <laughs> a lot of things that just did not make sense. For example, the, uh, we were there in the middle of summer and it was like a hot box. It was like every, the sun and every lamp ever made was like all channeled into this one house and there was no airflow, so it was just hot in the middle of summer, you're just in the house, like sweating. It's like cooler outside than it is in the house. And the, it's like quite an old house. It had this air con. We were like, oh, that's good. Like air con, positive. You turn the air con on and it's like over the staircase that goes down to the garage. So every time we turn the air con on, it just goes down and out. <laughs> so we're like upstairs in all the normal areas of the house trying to like cool down and it's just like going straight into the garage. I'm like, well, that's awesome. But like no one's there. Like I don't, I don't need aircon in the garage. So I would definitely change that if uh, we were still there or if it wasn't a rental and I could make these changes. The other thing was that significant thing, quite a few things, but the other significant thing was that there's no kitchen bench space. It was just like sink stovetop microwave. And so most nights I was just cutting vegetables and chicken and meat on the dining table. (laughs) I'd just carry my little chopping board over, chop, chop, and then bring it over and cook it. It was not ideal. I would definitely change that as well. There was a lot of things I would change uh, if it wasn't a rental. Most times when you rent a house, you get very clear instructions that you are to change absolutely nothing, unless you're very lucky, that's awesome. But most of the time, no changes. And even a tiny scratch on the wall means you don't get your bond back. And like, they just, it's a massive deal if there is like any tiny change that maybe you didn't even intend to cause. But making a home is quite the opposite. Making a home, when you buy a house, you can make every single change that you want. It doesn't matter what it is, you can make every change. When we invite God to make His home in our hearts, we're actually inviting and allowing permanent change. We allow ourselves to be under renovation. We're giving permission and humbling ourselves and allowing God to grow and increase and expand our lives to be better than they were before. And if we wanna grow and bear fruit, We actually need to invite God into our heart to make His home. If Christ is not making His home in your heart, well then what is He? He's just renting. He's just renting a space. He's just a temporary tenant in your life. You will never allow Him to make any permanent change because He doesn't have a home there. When you make a home, you're actually allowed to renovate. You're allowed to do whatever you wanna do to the house. When a person is renovating, they're always making a home better. You don't renovate and intentionally make it worse. Maybe that's happened. I've heard some horror stories recently, but 
you're always making your place better. It's always to improve. And it's the same when God brings our lives under renovation. It's always for better. It's always to make good changes. The changes He makes in our lives when He's making His home in us is always for good. It's always to make us more like Him. It's not a process to be feared. Growth and change and transformation should not be a process that we fear. We know that with any home renovation, the end product is always gonna be better than it was at the start. It might be uncomfortable for a time. You might be displaced out of your own bathroom or your own kitchen for a temporary amount of time, but it's always for better. It's always for good. If you would invite Jesus, not just to temporarily live in a space in your heart, but you would actually invite Him to make His home in your heart, to undergo a bit of renovation, then you will find yourself maturing, growing, increasing. You'll find yourself growing deeper into God's love and you will look back and see that you have grown in God. So when we invite Christ to make His home in our hearts, saying yes to a bit of a heart renovation, there's a few changes that might take place. And I just wanna go through a couple of those tonight. The first one is that there, there might be some things in a renovation that you need to rip out. To rip something out in a, in a home renovation is to completely remove it. No trace of anything left behind. This might look like ripping up those uh, outdated 70s tiles. Might look like taking out the old bathtub or the faded carpets, ripping them up. When Christ makes His home in us, there are gonna be some things of our old life that need to be ripped out for good. There are some habits that we have might be destroying our life, some lifestyles that are just leading to death and destruction. There might be some sin that's hiding deep in us that's actually rotting us away from the inside. God wants to rip some things out for good. Things that will only continue to destroy our lives and relationships. They don't belong in our life. They don't produce fruit. They don't benefit us. These things in our life that ultimately lead to death. You know, Romans 6 verse 20 to 21 kind of explains a little bit of this. It says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. You know, before we were in relationship with Christ, we were enslaved to sin. And all of these sins that we engaged in, they didn't necessarily result in that shame or that guilt feeling that maybe we have sometimes now when we're doing the wrong thing because we didn't understand that it was harmful in God's eyes and God's way of life. But they still result in death and destruction to us. But when we say yes to Jesus, when we choose to follow Him, we become aware. The Holy Spirit comes alive in us and He starts to convict us sometimes of those things that are wrong, that are not producing fruit, that are not benefiting us. And we feel that guilt or that shame or that feeling like we shouldn't be doing something because it's those things that actually lead to death that He doesn't want in our life. He convicts us because He loves us and He wants us to grow and increase and be fruitful and to live a life of abundance. But as long as those things are in our life, they will never produce fruit. He wants to get rid of all those things that will just lead us to death so that we're able to live a life that is rich and satisfying with Jesus. You know, this part of the process is gonna be painful as the permanent things that we've made are now ripped out, ripped away. 
the things that we've depended on, the things that we've found comfort in. But we can actually survive and make it through and endure this ripping out when we remember that it's because God actually has something better in mind. When we allow God to rip out the old things, we're actually making space for God to bring something new into our life. This step, the ripping out, requires us to be quiet, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit when He speaks to us. Maybe you're engaged in something right now that is not beneficial for your life. Maybe you actually have felt that gut feeling, that sense that this is not right and I shouldn't be doing this. That's the Holy Spirit. You might read something in the Word of God just as you just read the Bible through your day that just jumps out at you, that convicts you, that grabs at your heart that you know something has to change. Or maybe you might even hear Him audibly speak to you as you go about your day that something isn't right or something you're about to do isn't right. All of these are ways that God will show us what needs to be ripped out of our life for good. And it's time for these things to go. If we wanna see growth, we wanna spiritually grow and mature, then these things have to go. We have to listen and obey as God speaks to us. You know, it's the season of pruning for a plant and it's the first step of renovation in our lives. God is the master builder. He knows what needs to go. He knows what is no longer beneficial for our lives and we can trust that He has new and better things in mind when something is taken away. If we wanna grow, we first have to let God rip out of our lives what's no longer bringing life to us. You know, the second thing we might sense that God is doing when, he's, uh, when we invite Him to make His home in us is a little bit of remodeling. You know, to remodel something is actually to alter the structure, change the shape. In a renovation, this might look like knocking down a wall or it might look like completely replacing the kitchen. When you do this, you're actually making something new, changing the layout, changing how things were, making way for what's to come. You know, when we're in Christ, we become a new creation and we begin the process of transformation, of being completely transformed. And we read in Romans 12 that this transformation happens by the renewing of our mind. As we surrender to God and the way that He wants to renovate our life, I think a very large portion of where this transformation takes place is actually in our mind, in the way that we think because as He transforms the way we think, we actually become a new person. The entire structure of our life is changed. You know, our thoughts are so powerful. I know that you would know that. Our thoughts hold so much power. They create this entire framework that we build our entire life around. And it's so important. That's why it's so important that we allow the Holy Spirit to transform the way that we think. You know, God has actually created our brains with this ability to remodel itself, which I think is pretty amazing. The neurological pathways in our brain are actually not permanent. They're actually able to be, what has been done so much and thought so much over time is actually able to be undone. So that's hope for anyone in the room who feels like you're stuck in a place, feels like you're stuck in a thought pattern. There is actually hope that can be, those things can be undone. Those things that are damaged can be remodeled. I once heard it explained like this, and I found this really helpful. And I'm gonna, the slides that are gonna come off on the screen have a little bit of a picture process for those who need to visually see it like me. 
This is how I heard it explained. Imagine yourself with the option of a true thought on this side and an untrue thought on this side. This is you in the middle. Imagine that is you. The, the true thought is that God has created me with a purpose. And the untrue thought is that I am useless and have no purpose. I'm sure many of us in that room have had that thought cross our mind, whether it was just because we were really emotional or we were going through a really tough time. But I feel like for most people, it's relatable. We've thought that before. Did you know that the more you engage with a thought, whether it is positive or negative, is like adding a plank of wood across a bridge to that thought. You can get the next slide to come up. The more, the more that you allow that thought, be it positive or negative, true or untrue, the more you allow it to stay in your mind, the more planks of wood you actually add to that bridge, the more connected you become to that thought. The more you think about it, the more planks you add, and the, over time, you have a bridge that gives clear access for your brain to that thought, which then becomes what you believe, it becomes true, in your brain, even if it's not true. It, it can become true in how you think. Remember this happens with either a positive or a negative thought. As you allow yourself to think certain thoughts, you actually slowly enforce those thoughts as true, which can obviously have a great impact on what you believe about yourself. It impacts your actions, how you live, the decisions that you make, the way that you interact with people, and it gradually formulates your entire life. This is how negative thought patterns are established in our mind. Same with positive, but we often have negative thought patterns. And then by that point, they seem pretty impossible to overcome. But praise God, He is the creator of our brain, which is amazing, and our human bodies. And He's actually given us the ability to break down those pathways that are connected to negative thoughts. Say you have built a bridge to this thought for your entire life whether it was what was spoken over you as a child and it's just what you believe or it's what you speak to yourself, the more and more you choose to replace that statement with something that is true, that God created you with a purpose, the more you actually break down each plank of wood that you have built to that negative thought, which when done consistently and intentionally, over a period of time can actually completely break away the bridge that is tied to that thought. And as you are choosing the true statement over this side, you're actually now adding planks to that thought to build a bridge to that thought, which then becomes what you believe about yourself and your life. It's what you believe is true, which then impacts the rest of your life in a positive way. I think that's why when Paul writes in Philippians 4 verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I think that's why it's so significant and powerful, just that verse alone, because God has actually created us with an ability for our brain to be remodeled. As we allow this restructuring of our thoughts, it impacts what we believe about ourselves. It impacts the decisions that we make. It impacts the way that we treat other people. It impacts the way we relate to others and it actually matures us spiritually. As we allow Christ into our hearts, 
undergo some renovation. He can help us restructure our thought life, the way that we think. He can knock down a few walls, knock down a few bridges that have been built to some unhealthy thought patterns. And we know that if we allow Him to come in and help us make these changes, it not just impacts us, but it impacts every person around us. He brings healing to our thought life, transformation to our mind, which in turn changes the way that we think and the way that we live. And it makes space for us and the new things that God has, wants to bring into our life. You know, the third change we might see happen as we allow Christ to make His home in us is to redecorate. Now, I don't know about your experience if you're married or moved out of home, but when, again, when we first moved into our shoebox in Kalenga, 99% of everything we had in that house was passed down. There was nothing new. We had like a bed frame that was my auntie's that then became mine that we just painted. We had uh, a dining table from Facebook Marketplace, which is a win. And we had our camp chairs as the lounge chairs for a year and a half. That's what we sat in in our living area, if you could call it that, probably not. Everything we had was secondhand, super cheap, or just passed down. I remember saying to myself through that whole period, it's okay, it's not worth spending any money on anything nice, any new furniture, or anything I really wanted because it was just a rental. It was just temporary. And one day when we had our own house and our own place, I could go and spend a little bit more money, which turned out just being like Facebook Marketplace again, but you can get some good deals on there. Um, we could, I could make it a home. I could make it nice. I could have furniture and things that matched that I really liked. You know, God is so kind and so generous. And I believe that as much as He wants to rip out the old and the outdated, and He wants to remodel and restructure our, our thought life and our lives, He also wants to give to us and bless us with things that will redecorate our life as well. He's going to add and refresh your life thing, with things that will make your life so much richer and more abundant than you ever could have imagined. I believe that when we humble ourselves and allow God to remove and allow God to remodel our lives, to go through the growth, to go through the pruning season, He always has better things to add. He blesses us with so many good gifts that we've done nothing to deserve. He gives us new friendships and relationships and connections and opportunities and places to go, people to be around, so many things. He provides for us, He meets our needs. He gifts us with things that we didn't even ask for. We just, he just knew that we would love it, it, that it would impact our life in a good way. He replaces the old, brings in the new. He replaces stuff that's been handed down to us for generations. He takes it away and brings new. He redecorates our life with new things. And in, in the process of renovation, things might be removed, will, well, will be removed, will be ripped out. There will be change and growth to walk through, but we can be confident that God is making His home in us, making it the best life that we could ever have. In a rental, you don't mind having slightly broken furniture or just every colour of the rainbow under the sun to exist in your house in every piece of item. But when you have a home, you take care in the details. You notice things, you're intentional to make it a place that you love being about making it a home. 
God takes notice of the little details in your life. He takes the, he wants to upgrade the old, bring something new. He loves you. He doesn't have second best for you, not secondhand just passed down. He has new for you, new things to add to your life that will make it better and more than you ever dreamed. I know that you are guaranteed to look back at the process that has been the ripping out and the remodeling and be grateful for it as uncomfortable as it was because what you have now is so much better than what you had before. When you allow God, to grow you through that process. You know, I don't believe that anyone, as long as we are humans on the earth, will ever be fully perfect and renovated. We will be made whole once we reach eternity with Christ, which means that for every single person in the room, God has a process of renovation for you. God has a plan to make His home in your heart if you would invite Him in. There is so much God has prepared for you, so much that He's taking you through growing you in to become the person that He's destined you to be. Can I be honest? Growth is not comfortable. I will be the first to say that. Growth is not comfortable. Expanding capacity is not easy. It does require some grit and some tenacity. And more than those things, it requires the Holy Spirit strength in us to keep going and to push through and to stay the course until the end. You know, maybe I can get the band to come back and join us tonight. You know, as Christ makes His home in your hearts, it says your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. It's these seasons of growth, of renovation, that and allowing God to make some of those uncomfortable changes that actually grow you down into God's love. You know that quote, grow through what you go through. You can keep that in mind if you want. James 1 verse two to four says, "'Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, "'whenever you face trials of many kinds, "'because you know that the testing of your faith "'produces perseverance.'" So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. The testing, the trials, the growth, the stretching, all of these things will produce perseverance. It will strengthen you in God. You will mature spiritually as you go through this season of renovation. It's these times that grow us and grow us into God. Don't run from it but let it drive you towards God. The more that you go through, the more you see who God is, His heart, His character, His faithfulness. The more you see, the more your roots grow down and keep you strong. The more you grow, the stronger the root system grows. We see that in nature, we see that in plants, that the stronger the root system grows, the deeper the root system grows, the more you are, it's able to be kept strong no matter what conditions come its way. For a plant, the stronger the root system, the more it can withstand the storm, the flood, the rain, the wind, the scorching heat of summer. The more that we grow in God, the stronger we will become in Him, enabling you to stand no matter what comes your way. The renovation that we go through, the growth and transformation is designed for us to become more like Jesus. It's not for us to just have a nice life here and now. It's actually for us to be fashioned into the image of God, which then displays the power of God to those around us, to the world around us who need Jesus. 
allowing Christ to make His home in your hearts means you're allowing permanent change because you wanna look more like Jesus, because you want to reflect His character, you wanna reflect His love, you wanna look like Him to a hurting and hopeless world around us that's looking for answers. And I imagine that the world would see the incredible power of God at work if every single person allowed Christ to actually make His home in us, meaning the permanent changes, meaning the uncomfortable times of growth, meaning the expanding. Imagine what that would look like to the world around us if we all allowed Christ to make His home in us and we all went through that growth, that renovation. Are you allowing Christ to make His home in your heart? Have you invited Him in? invited the change, invited the season of growth, no matter how uncomfortable? Or is He just a temporary tenant? Is He just renting the space? Maybe only invite Him in when strife or difficulty comes your way. Are you resisting the change? You know, even just as we were in praise and worship before, I just felt like maybe there might even be some people in the room tonight who are afraid to fully give over their life to God because you're afraid of the change, you're afraid of what it will feel like, you're afraid that it will be painful, you're afraid that what He might take away from your life, maybe you won't get better than that, maybe your life won't be better when you look back, but I promise you and I know from experience that whatever God does in our life, whatever He takes away, he always brings so much better. And when you're doing life with Jesus, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what He does, what changes He makes. Who you are when you look back from where you were is always going to be better than you imagined. You know, I don't have individual answers on what this process might look like for every person in the room because it's just that, it's individual. It's so unique to each and every person here tonight. But the best way, the only way I know how to know what it is that God wants to do in my life is just to give Him an opportunity to speak, to just give some time, just listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and recognise what He's saying. What is He impressing on my heart? Giving Him an opportunity to give me a blueprint of what's next. Maybe tonight you've already, or even this year, you've felt that sense of conviction of knowing that there's something that needs to go. There's something that needs to be ripped out. God's actually trying to pull something out of your life. Maybe you're holding on because of fear, whether it's a place that you go, an activity, something that you do, people that you're around. Maybe you can already identify some unhealthy thought patterns, things that need to be remodeled. Maybe you've already seen God start to add some of those things to your life, some of those new, exciting things. I just wanna give us a moment um, before we pray and before we close tonight, where just the, we'll just have the keys playing. I just wanna give us a moment just to close our eyes and just stop, <laughs> just wait and just listen. What is the Holy Spirit saying? What's He impressing on your heart? What needs to go? What needs to be ripped out? What needs to change? Where do you need to grow? Can we just give Him just a minute tonight? Just listen and focus on the voice of the Holy Spirit.
You know, tonight we're not gonna have an altar call time of prayer because I believe that this is not just a one moment thing, but this is a journey that you individually have to start walking with God in your personal time. God's, I believe He's gonna speak to you, not even just tonight, but as you go through the next few weeks, He might lay something on your heart, impress something. You might feel that conviction. You might feel that gut feeling, that strong sense about something in your life. And if you would, if you invite God in to make His home in your heart, I really believe that He wants you to engage in this growth that He has for you. And if you invite Him in, I know that He will speak to you. I know that He will convict you. I know that He will press things on your heart because He wants you to grow. He wants you to change and be transformed into His likeness and all those other things have to go. It's not just one moment, but this is a process to walk with God as you invite Him in. Would you just close your eyes tonight? And before I pray for us, I just wanna give an opportunity to anyone who has never invited Jesus into their heart for salvation. You know, to be saved, to have eternal life, the only way is through Jesus. The only way is believing in our heart and declaring with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. We recognise that He died for our sins, paid the price for us. He rose again. It's the greatest decision that you will ever make. And it is just the start of a lifetime of a journey and growth, learning, growing in God, being transformed by Him as you trust in Him. And so tonight, I just wanna give an opportunity. If there's anyone in the room who wants to say yes to Jesus for the first time, would you mind just giving me a little wave so that we can pray for you uh, tonight? Or maybe you've walked away from God. You, you wanna come back. You wanna start afresh with Him. Is there anyone in the room tonight that wants to make that decision. Can you just give me a little wave and then we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You are the master builder and You know what each and every person needs in their life. God, You know the future that You have prepared for them. God, I thank You that You want us to grow. You want us to increase and expand and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, I thank You that You have so much more for us than we could ever imagine or dream up. So God, we just, right now take a moment to invite You to make Your home in us, that You wouldn't just be someone we call on in trouble, but You would be someone that is at home in our life, that has space and the permission to do whatever it is that You need to do to make us look more like You. God, I pray that we would be ready for whatever changes You have coming. We would be strengthened by Your Holy Spirit to walk through the season of growth and renovation and change. God, I pray You would strengthen us by the power of Your Holy Spirit to stay the course, to push through, to make it to the other side. God, where we see Your blessing on our life, Your favour, the things that You add, the new things that You replace for the old. 
God, we thank You that it's a process and that You're with us every single step of the way. You never leave us, You never forsake us. And God, everything that You do in our life is for our good and for Your glory. And so we just thank You for the journey that You're taking us on. Thank You that we get to be transformed to look more like You. And I thank You that the world around us is gonna see the power of God at work in our lives and in this church as we trust in You. We love You, we thank You for what You're doing and we praise You for it. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen.